Send the blessed tidings all the world around. Spread the joyful news wherever man is found. Whosoever will, let lifted high, you will draw all men to yourself. Father, Lord, we say be lifted high. You are holy, you are worthy, you are excellent, you are beautiful in all situations. Thank you, Lord, because you are our strength, you are our fortress, you are refuge, you are our rock, you are God Almighty, Father, the lifter up of our soul. We give you all praise because you are the ancient of days. We magnify your name because you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. We are not afraid in the midst of the chaos and confusion that is everywhere in the world because we know we have a father who is able to do more than we can ever think or can imagine. We give you all praise today for giving us life, for granting us the opportunity to see the last day of this month of October, full of stories, Lord Almighty, good and bad ones. Thank you, the Lord. You carried us in the hollow of your hands. 
and you are bringing us to the end of this month. To you alone be all the glory, power, majesty, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we have come in your presence again this period, Lord, to hear your word. You have been speaking since we entered this place. I pray that, Lord, you still speak to us. Father, Lord, that this burden, the main thing that matters to you, which we have been considering since January, Father, I pray that, Lord, you help us to key into this burden so that, Lord, we shall be able to do that which you want us to do. Jesus can never come back here again to go around preaching this gospel. You have given it to us. We have become your hands and your legs. Father, I pray that, Lord, we shall be trustworthy. To this clarion call, in the name of Jesus, create this great burden in our hearts so that, Lord, we shall move out. In the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, take charge. Break every heart. Lord Almighty, nobody, that nobody will live here the same. Let your power, Lord, come upon our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I thank God for another time to live and to stand in the presence of children of God. My husband said that I should send his greetings to everybody. It's not easy on him also. But that's what we are running with this year, go ye. You are not just sitting in a place. We must continue to go to preach this gospel. So he said I should greet you because he's preaching both 6 and 9 o'clock at Christ's redemption today. Praise the Lord. We have been considering since January. This our team. Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all men. And since January, we have been going to so many places. Going into the, uh, the full gospel mandate, the Nifest mandate, the Great Commission mandate, so many mandates. And uh, today, we are considering a topic that says, Go ye into the highways and motor parks. If we look at where we read our first lesson, 2 Timothy chapter 4. We can see the urgency there. He says, preach in season and out of season. Whether convenient or not convenient. And then where we read in the gospel, Matthew chapter 22. We can see that people were invited for a feast. A feast, what? You know that when you invite people for a feast, now it's like especially with the hardship everywhere. And they were invited. And they started giving excuses. At times, you know, whenever I read yeah, that place, I, I would be wondering, these people, are they really normal? But when I began to prepare this message, I just see that all of us are included in that, eh? <laughs> in that particular chapter 22. Because when you just read from afar, you feel these people were invited. And then we can see also, that when they refused to come with all their excuses, God now told them, go ye into the highways and then invite people for this uh, feast. I want us to know that that instruction given to them has also been given to us to go into the highways and motor parks and preach this gospel. 
I want us to know that basically the main reason why God created you and I is just for one purpose. I want somebody to read Isaiah 42. If we have message Bible, I would like that person to read it from there. Isaiah 42, verse 6. I want us to see the main reason why God created us. Isaiah 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and we hold thy hand, and we keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison. Praise the Lord. It's only verse 6. Praise the Lord. If you listen very well where she read, it says that I, the Lord, have called you. Why did I call you? To be a light today, Gentiles, and to open the eyes of those that are blind. So basically, the purpose of God for creating you, once you have received Jesus Christ, because that you exist is because God created you. That you have become born again, received Jesus personally into your life, is because he has given, granted you the grace to be drawn to him. And whatsoever you have in this life, strength, potential, resources, or wealth, God gave all of them to you. Basically, for one reason, to go and be a light unto the Gentiles, and to open the eyes of those that are blind. The method has always been, go, not come. These people, they gave excuses not to come, and then he sent them to go. And God is also now sending us to the highways and their motor parks to go and preach this gospel. We are the light to them because we have encountered light. In John 1 verse 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So once you have Jesus Christ in your life, you are carrying a life that is light. And is that life that God is telling us, Go to the highways of these people's life. Go to motor parks. Go into their dark domain and then give them this light. These people are living in darkness. Many of us will feel, eh, why can't they come? They will not come because they are living in darkness. We have our sisters here, the ophthalmologists. If somebody is blind, that person is blind. That person cannot see. That person cannot even appreciate any beauty. And when you are blind, you cannot help yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4, you know, 3 in and 4. Bible says that the God of this age has blinded their eyes not to see. You know, Satan is in charge of this domain. He's in charge. And he fell from heaven. He doesn't want anybody to cross to that heaven. And that's why when you have not received this life of Christ in you, he will blind your eyes so much that you will not even appreciate anything around you. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, Bible says, people living in darkness, they have seen a great light. How can this great light come to those people living in darkness? We must go and then show them this light. Because you are carrying a light life, you cannot hide it. You have received Jesus, you cannot hide it, brethren. You must go. God can never change his method of them coming. They cannot come 
if you have been an unbeliever for a long time, you will notice that and realize that it's not easy to be born again. No, it's not easy. It is not. If you think it is not, you know, easy. And that's why God, because he desires all men to come to him. He doesn't want anybody to die and perish in hell. People are dying every day. And the, the reason why he's urging us to go to the highways and motor pass. If you are coming to church, you are in the highways. You are in a car. Tell them about Jesus. If you are walking outside Enugu, anywhere you are moving, you are entering the market. People are there, dying in sea. Tell them about Jesus. But what the devil does is that he fills us up with so much emergency in our spirit. We are in a haste. We are busy. We are this one. Even when the Holy Spirit is nudging you about a particular thing, you will not do that. You are in a haste to go and achieve a mandate for the devil. But God himself has sent us and given us a mandate. Go and preach to them. Whether it is convenient, that person I'm always afraid of, that place in the Bible. Whether it is convenient or not, eh? Convenient, we should go. We have what it takes. We have the light to go and shine the light. Each day we do Holy Communion here. You know, many of us, we just come to church, we just rabble in and go. There's this uh, liturgy we read in this our daily, our um, Holy Communion. It says, you whom the Spirit has given life, give life to others. You whom the Spirit has given light, Enlighten or order, or order. It is there. We shall read it very soon. But many of us will just rattle over it. That's what we have come today. God wants us to take our light to them. Many of them, they barely have few minutes to live. Many of them, that just, you know, God is looking for opportunity of you in that highway to just send a seed into their life. Yesterday, I went to bed with great sorrow in my heart. Because of the nasty news I received before going to bed. This young man, about 50, 53 years, is my auntie's uh, child. He went for a burial on Friday at Anambra, at Ezinifite precisely. And while coming back with his wife, along the way, unknown gunmen shot him by the laughs. And when the wife was so confused, crying, and she couldn't do anything. And everybody, people were just running up and down. They left. It was only one man that came and asked what happened. Before they knew it, the young man died. And this young man, you see what the devil, the devil is making an advance. Moving fast. Killing people left and right. And we are relaxing, waiting for them to come. The worst thing is that this young man, they slaughtered on Friday. Buried the mother. And the sister-in-law, the wife to the elder brother, two weeks ago. And the same young man, they killed on Friday, buried the mother-in-law and elder brother to the wife by August. And today, he's in the mortuary. The wife is the beneficiary of all these five deaths. When they, you know, when they told me the story, I wept in my spirit. The only thing I could muster strength to tell the person who told me this, I say, headed to eternity, where? Headed to eternity. Is it eternity in hellfire or eternity in heaven? Where? Where are they headed to? And that's why the clarion call that we should go out. Those excuses you are giving. Look at these people dying. 
I wonder if, you know, because even not only him, about five people they killed by unknown government on Friday. Another priest in Agatha, in diocese, in the same burial, they also killed him. And so many other people. So we are living in an insecure environment. The only thing now is who is, you know, going with you. Who is accompanying you in this journey? And that's why God is telling us, excuses that, okay, move out and go and preach. So that these people, they will not continue to perish. I know a young man, I used to buy a banana along this highway. Anytime we come for our follow-up on Wednesday, I buy banana from him. While going back on Sunday, I also buy. And one day, the Spirit of God struck me. This boy, this young man that calls you mommy, do you really love him? If you love him, have you shared the gospel with him? Every day you pass him in this highway. Hey, I felt so bad. I say, God, is true. Because every time I would be, oh, hey, no, I'm coming for, uh, for our follow-up. And the Spirit of God asked me, these people you are coming to follow-up, they have encountered Christ. Too. You are just trying to help them to stand, to be rooted, so that the wind of this end-time falsehood will not blow them away. But this person, why, you know, so by February, during our um, outreach, I just made up my mind. I said, enough of this foolishness. I must get this boy and preach to him. And after the Saturday program, while going back, I came again and I stopped. Immediately he rushed as usual. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I say, my son, come. Today, I am here to preach to you. And he stood for the next five to ten minutes. I ministered to him. While ministering to him, this uh, boy's eye, you know, that is, you can see tears everywhere. And I finished, he said, Mommy, let me make a confession. He said, said, my parents are deeper lifers. I was born in deeper life. I waited in deeper life. Because he's just a, a young man of about 28 to 32 years. I waited in deeper life. And I say, so every Sunday, your wife and your children will go for what is, and you come out here. I say, mm-hmm. let not the devil make a meal smith of you. You should better go back to where you lost your first love. Go back to your first love. And when we finished, as I was driving home, I said, ah, oh, I couldn't get the, the phone number. I said, okay, tomorrow. Because the devil will tell you just tomorrow. There is no tomorrow for some people. It might be the last. I went. The next day I came. I didn't see him. I now asked the neighbor, I said, where is he? He said, he didn't come out. And I didn't see him again from that February until last month, 28th of September. I kept asking them, and they kept telling me that he didn't come. Until last month, 28th September, you know, precisely, I was... Buying fuel, and I saw one of the neighbors. I say, My dear, where is this my son? Where has he gone to? I have not seen him since February. He looked at me with pain and said, Mommy, he's dead. I say, Eh, what did you say? He said, He was buried last week. If not that I was sitting down, I would have collapsed. I, in that say, I said so bad. I say, God. But the only comfort I had was that I preached to him that day. Did I know that it would be the last day? I didn't know. I preached to him. I cannot tell you the situation or his condition when he died. 
But what matters is that I preached to him. If not that I dropped that word that day, I couldn't have seen him again, and the pain would have been doubled. I don't know the opportunities you have had. And the devil will be telling you it doesn't matter. There is still time. Because that's the worst thing. But the Bible tells us, preach out of you know, confidence or out of confidence. And another thing is that we give so much excuses. Excuse. These people, they gave it. They didn't come for a feast. I don't know the excuse you have been given. Many people will tell you that I'm not a priest. It's for the ordained people. No. Many people will tell you, I cannot speak. How can, no, I'm not bold. I'm a shy person. No. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 18 to 20, if you read the Bible says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are, you, are, you are an ambassador. You represent God here on earth. And as long as you are a representative of God, you must do the mandate of God. You must do whatever that gives God joy. You are not living at your own expense. If an ambassador goes to any nation, he receives instruction from his sending nation. And as a result, you are an ambassador. So don't tell me, everybody who is born again, once you give your life to Christ, you are an evangelist. In as much as all of us, we have a different call. But generally, every believer, unless you have not encountered Christ, because in initial, I say, if you don't preach, you have not received Christ. But of late, I noticed that they have received. But the only thing is that the devil uses all these reasons to remove us from doing what we should do. Many people in the scriptures, they give such reasons. Moses, when God called him, in Exodus chapter 4, he started giving reasons. He said, I'm a stammerer. I'm a stammerer. I cannot speak God. When he finished, in verse 12, God says, I will be with your mouth. And we know that he went and God used him to deliver his people from physical bondage. Many people are in bondage, spiritual bondage, in siege. They want to deliver us. They want us to go and deliver them. Gideon, when God called him in Judges 6, he started giving excuses and said, God, I am the smallest in my father's house. My father's house is the poorest in Israel. I wonder who gave him that statistics. And my tribe is the smallest in Israel. What has that thing got to do with go? But thank God that when he finished all his stories, God told him, go in this thy might, and surely I will be with you. Thank God he submitted, and the rest is history. God used him to deliver the Israelites from the bondage of 40 years, where they were manhandled and dealt with by the enemy. The enemy that holds these people in bondage, he is wicked. He doesn't want anything good for you. So you need to go. So these people, they gave the excuses. But when God spoke to them, they listened. You, I don't know which one you are giving. But God is telling us today. God is not looking for your strength because God does not take pleasure in the strength of a man. He's not looking for your strength, for your power. No, those things might be pride that will even block your move with God. What God is looking for is your willingness to submit your will to him. Willingness to commit yourself to his cause. Bible says that God is able to make all grace abound. And in Second Peter chapter 1, he says that God has made all things that pertain to life and godliness available to us. 
So what he needs is your willingness. Just supply the willingness to God and then you will see the miracle and the surprise God will use you to do. Whenever I read John chapter 6, where God, where Jesus multiplied there, uh, bread, the little fishes and bread, a small child submitted. It always reminds me that what God needs is your willingness. Submission of that little that you have. I'm sure it was not only that small lad that came to that place with bread in a, in a, in a fish. I, in a, I don't think. But he was willing to submit. And look at how that small thing, you know, he had multiplied and fed more than 4,000 people. That little strength you have, you think you don't have. Willingly submit to God and you will see the lives God is ready to use you to touch. Praise the Lord. So there is no excuse to give because God has sent us. As you are going to walk, as you are walking along the, the, the main road, anywhere at all, there are highways, preach the gospel. That excuses must stop because the time is short. People are leaving this world every minute. Where are they going to? And it's a pain. Many of us are born again. We behave like the prodigal son's elder brother. The brother left the house. The, you know, the father was in pain looking for this boy. And this young man didn't even feel anything. And the father was in pain all through the years of the reckless life by the younger brother. And look at when God eventually touched this young man when he realized himself and he came back. And then the elder brother felt so bad. Why should he? His problem was, why should he come back and then share maybe the remaining one that was for him? That's how many of us behave. We are born again. We don't bother about these people that are in the highways of their lives and the motorpaths of their life, languishing in their darkness. You know, you don't bother. What matters to you? You just are, thank God I'm born again. Oh, hey, I'm born again. At least if I die, I go to heaven. <laughs> if you do not what God expects you to do. That heaven is even in question. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I pray that God will really move us to go. Enough of sitting on the bench. Enough of giving reasons. Enough of this. People are dying and going. Praise the Lord. And as we go, what message are we going to preach? Because the message is very important. The message is very important. As we go, what message must we preach? When Jesus sent his disciples, he says, Go, preach that the kingdom of God is there at hand. The message we preach is that is the gospel, the good news, that Jesus came into this world because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of God's love, John 3 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, he said, whosoever, no matter the level of what you might have done, whosoever that believeth in this name shall not perish, but have eternal life. As simple as it is, that's the love of God. And Jesus came, went through all the pain, he sacrificed and went to the cross and he died and paid the price for my sin and your own sins. And he paid, and not that he paid half measure, 
He went to the cross and paid a full, you know, a full price. He paid completely. That's why in Colossians 3, uh, 2, if you read from 14 and uh, uh, 15, the Bible said that when he went to the cross, every, you know, every ordinance, everything that stood opposed to you, every accusation, and, and all of them, the Bible says, the, the, you know, verse 15, it says, he nailed them on the cross. He disarmed the powers and authorities of these demons, devil that accuses here and there. He disarmed their powers. And Bible says he made a publisher of them and he nailed them on the cross. So it was an open secret. It was not in a corner. And devil knows it. That Jesus paid the price. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's only in the name of Jesus. As of Apostles 4 verse 12. There is no other name by which we can be saved. Except through this name. Jesus Christ. Not only that he finished paying the price. He went down to hell. So that those people that died before he came, they will have opportunity. That's why he is master in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. So nobody will have an excuse. He went to hell. That's why in Psalm 24, if you are risen, he said, Oh ye ancient doors, when he was coming in, the demons and powers of authority, they were, what is, he, what is he coming here to do? He told them, every ancient door be lifted up. You ancient door be lifted up so that the king of glory will come in and lose these men whose lives are held in bondage of hell. And he opened, you know, the gate of hell and there we are saved. What are we saying? Jesus defeated completely. There is no amount that remains. So your salvation is complete. That's the message we preach. And not only that he died, Bible says on the third day he rose again. That's the victory we have. We have authority. We have victory. We have been given a mandate, backing us with our authority. Matthew 28 verse 20 says, Go, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The power has been given. The authority has been given. So you have all that it takes to go. You are not going as an orphan. By January, when the exposition on the team was given, we were told that he said, I am with you continually, uniformly, perpetually. It's not as if at a stage he will just abandon you. No. It's only devil who will bring you into a crossroad and he will abandon you there and go. That's the gospel we preach. It's Jesus that came and died for us. He paid the price. So when you go to the highways, tell them the love of God by sending Jesus into the world. And he paid the penalty of our sin. Bible says that he came to crush the works of the devil in our lives. So everything that stood opposed to you, everything the devil has been using to accuse you, to frustrate you, if you want to move, he will come. He broke all of them. That's why we sing, He has broken the gates of brass. And call the bars of iron asunder. He has broken the gates of brass. Oh, and call the bars of iron. He has broken the gates. If you think he's still standing, he's no longer standing. It's only in your imagination the enemy will place it and cause it to stand. I will be shivering and trembling before him. Mm -mm. He has broken the gates of brass. Every iron gate will open by itself. Once you are ready to go, 
once you are ready to go, the things you fear, they will fear you. Because as you are coming, the enemy and his, the, the, and his demon will be asking, who are you coming with? What do you carry? You tell them, I carry the King of Glory, the Almighty God. Praise the Lord. When we are in higher institution, there's this song we used to sing, I love so much. It says, in Jesus' name, I am born to win. In Jesus' name, I am born a winner. Oh, winning Satan and the demons, winning in this world. In Jesus' name, I am born to win. So we have been given authority and we are born to win. Brethren, let us go and win in Jesus' name. That's the gospel we preach. We do not preach any other thing. We do not preach ourselves because many of us will preach ourselves, will preach our church, will preach our fellowship. Come to our fellowship, you will be saved. Mm -mm. No fellowship will save you. No church will save you. Many of us will preach our experience. Mm -mm. Many of us will preach our pastors. Come to chapel of resurrection, it's happening. Mm -mm. That's not it. Paul says in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I do not want to know anything while I am with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want to know in anything. I don't want to know about all your politics. The only thing I want to know while I am with you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message here, my brethren. And this gospel we preach in Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. This gospel is the only power of God unto salvation. There is no other method God will use to bring souls to the kingdom. As you go to the highways, the motor pass, in your marketplace, wherever, the gospel is the only instrument. Not your high saluting words, not your abracataba, no. Those things can never penetrate the heart. It's only this gospel. That's the only powerful instrument in God's hands to change men. Preach the gospel. That's the message. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, Bible says that this gospel, this gospel, when you preach it, it says that it is living. This word is living. That is active. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing through the heart, piercing. The surgeons will understand. Even the surgical knife cannot penetrate where this gospel will penetrate. The things you are hidden inside you that nobody knows, even your husband and your wife, they do not, not, not know. Oh, this word will make a sharp inroad into it and put you down. That's why when you see people that genuinely submitted their lives to Christ, ah, if they are coming out, you see them weeping. Because the message has gone deep, opened them up, caused them to realize you can't hide anymore. This is time to open up. Nothing is hidden before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God is what we preach. When the word moves, because he's powerful, he's active, there's nothing can ever withstand the word. The word is powerful. It breaks through everything, every hindrance, whatever the chain. If we watch when our brother, brother Demian Durewuru, preached, the first one he preached, he gave us a physical example. How the people are in bondage their spirit will be sleeping until when the spirit of God acted upon the mind, the heart of the unbeliever, 
when they quickened the spirit you know, of the man brought back and that person, the chain holding the man was broken. Praise the Lord. It's only the word of God that breaks the chain. These days we shout, we make all the noise. You know, anywhere you go now, noise. Why is it that all this noise, nothing is happening? Why? Praise the Lord. Brethren, that's the message we preach. Even if I stop here now. That's the message. Preach the message. Don't tell us when I went to U.S. Uh-huh, what are we do, doing with uh, yeah, yeah, U.S.? What has U.S. got to do with the heart of man? What has he got to do with, you know, with U.S.? I went to America. I went to uh, U.K. That's not the message. Tell them the message that will deliver them from bondage of hell. They are under siege. They are in darkness. They cannot see. Bring the light of the gospel to them. And let the light enlighten them. Jesus says, you know, uh, in, John 4, uh, in John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He that walks in me can never walk in the darkness of this world. Bring this light that will help them to walk without falling. Many of them, they group in darkness. They don't know where they're headed to. Take this word to the highways and motorbikes. Praise the Lord. In as much as it's very important to take this word, this gospel, to the highways, whether you are traveling to Oka, whether you are traveling to Ebony State, wherever you are going, you meet people in the highways. In as much as it's important, then we have approaches because that's the most important thing. Many of us, we have made a shipwreck of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we brought shame to him rather than glory. Approaches to go in. Approaches to go in. You must know how to go. You must put on a right attitude in going. Not just going and causing more confusion. Praise the Lord. Number one approach as we go into these highways and the motor parks is that we must go with love and compassion. Love and compassion. These people, you have never met them from Adam. It's not preaching in your marketplace. Where if you're a doctor, the patients are there at your mercy. So, even if you are talking, you know, you are saying the word of God, they will just listen. Let me listen, but let him or her treat me well. They're at your mercy. So they will listen. If you're a lecturer, you're like, yeah, my students, I tell them, I'm in charge here. You must hear the word. I will preach. I will teach them. I will teach them very well. Don't deprive them. I will teach them well. And they, and, and they know I teach them well. And when I, I want to conclude, I must bring in Christ. There's no other platform I have easily. Or oh, one. You know? So my students will listen to me because they don't have option. But these people in the highways and motor parks, you don't know them all. And they can, if you are not careful, they will, even, they will handle you roughly. So you must approach them with love and with compassion. Show them the love of God. Show them that God loves them. No matter because many of them, you see them with uh, one of them uh, with about six bottles of beer in front of one person. And you will be wondering how the devil has blinded the eyes of this person. Not even to know that those things you are consuming is even not healthy. And if they are there, 
and you come, the enemy will want you to accuse them, to condemn them. We those uh, and some of them will be smoking if you are coming here. Eh? They will be blowing it very well so that it will be entering your nose and your eyes very well. But in the midst of them, show them love. The kind of, you know, the way you come with the message will even begin to make them, even if they don't want to listen. You don't come with a condemnatory attitude. That thing nearly made me not to repent. But thank God I was born into a Christian family. If not that I have heard about the love of God, you know, when the revival came in the East in the 70s, my cousin happened to be one of the born-again people with her friends. So it was in our house, they do their, they do their special number and, and everything. I was in primary one and two. Tell me what a primary two, two person was. And their message to me then was, repent or you perish. I just, I saw God then as a wicked guy. I said, which one is repent or you know, you perish? When you come with such attitude, many of them with the kind of hardship we go through now, will tell you, am I not, I'm perishing already, so let, let us uh, perish. After all, there are uh, many of them. In short, many of them will be hardened and say, is it uh, perishing? I will, I will perish. Is it hell? Many of us will be there. You know, show, make God to look lovely. You know, show them the love of God. Not condemning them. The alcohol they are consuming, the smoking, or whatever you catch them doing, is not their problem. Their problem is that they are in darkness. They don't have Jesus in them. You know? As I was saying at the beginning, I say, we are lied to the Gentiles. These Gentiles who are there, if you read Ephesians 2.12, you will see who, who, who they are. Bible says that there are people whose life have been separated from the life of God. They are the Gentiles. Their lives have been separated from the life of God. From the commonwealth of Israel. So they, they don't know anything you are talking. So you come with love. Show them that God is loving. God is not a wicked taskmaster. They say, when we present this God, it seems as if God is just carrying Bulala, Cain, looking for people to push into hell. No. The Bible says that it's not God's wish that any should perish. What he wants is all to come to the saving knowledge of him. He doesn't want to lose any of us. Even if you have 20 children, no matter how bad any, any of those uh, you know, children, you will still be showing love. You will still want, believe that one day. Because, so God is not a wicked taskmaster. Let us change in our, uh, in our tactics. Because when you come to where the person is, just relate, you know, come to his level. Relate with him where he is. And then he will know that this person loves him. Even if the person is even hungry, maybe at the motor parks at times, if you are going, some of them, you come close, you see that they are harassed because they are harassed by the devil. Ha! Ah, Jesus said that, oh, these people, they are harassed. They are harassed. I pity them. Anytime I cross the road, I see them under the burden of their sin. It pains me. They are harassed by the devil. So come with love. At times, if maybe, you know, you are discussing, you see that they need food. My sister, my brother, give them food, if it's possible. If it's within your powers, give them food. If it's in the motor pass, and then you say, you will say, oh, see, Jesus, uh, let my, not my belly, you see, is it food? Eh, come. You can go and give them food. 
By the time he's eating, then you'll be penetrating. You know what you are targeting. That money is nothing. If you spend it for the sake of this gospel, where you are missing, God will surprise you. I have seen it. I am not talking it. I am not telling a story. I am saying what I have seen, touched and experienced. You will be surprised that when you finish. I could remember when I was working at Oka. Usually once we, you know, we move, I will stand up. I will start preaching. When I finish preaching and uh, praying, somebody there will just say, take the money we paid and I give back to me because I preached the gospel of my father. Praise the Lord. Likewise, when you go out of your way to show them love by maybe helping them out of the predicament or where they are in that particular point in time, you'll be surprised what God will do. You'll be surprised. Many of them is pain, hardship, you know, confusion. That's why they don't want to hear. But if you come with love, you are ready to help them solve that problem. Oh, you will see the way they will open up. One brother told me the strategy of full gospel people two weeks ago, before this day, I just concluded uh, uh, conference, uh, this thing yesterday. He told me how they, were, they targeted um, MNA and that their target was people's belly, their belly. They will come to a place where a mama put or somebody selling in Abacha. You know, and they will see, you know, it's around there, you, you see all these people. He said they will come there. Either about 15, they will count them and say, Why are you Abacha? How much is this in Abacha? And the woman will say, They will pay the whole amount and say, Share them. As they are sharing the Abacha, they will be preaching. He said, While they are preaching, many of them will be eating an Abacha and tears will be flowing. Haven't you gotten them? Haven't you caught them for Christ? They are eating, you know. But the eating has turned into something else. How do you, you know, you know, see it? Love. Love. Whatever, however you can, you, you know, whatever method you can use to win them, use it and win them. Praise the Lord. Another method is a uh, death to self. Another approach, die to self. <laughs> if you have not died to self, <laughs> you will mess up in the highways. And motor parks. These people, they do not know you. You are a stranger to them. They can, the devil will just use them to send one arrow and you start rolling. You must have died to self. <laughs> Pride, arrogance, all of them must do what? Must die. Because if you are not careful, that thing will turn around the message into something else. I remember the drama the women acted. I wasn't here, but I watched it online. I wept all through. Whereby somebody went for morning cry and was preaching. An unbeliever mistakenly bumped on her. Ah, oh, the evangelist on morning cry started rattling. That is, uh, there is no manner of acute, that is cursing. She didn't release on this an unbeliever, a Gentile. Huh? And the woman was saying, please, sorry. He said, sorry, boy, sorry for what? And she was ranting and ranting. Huh? And the woman said, because sorry, and just left. 
Immediately, the, the same Gentile met another sister. And that sister came with love, who was ministering. And at the point she wanted to surrender her life to Christ, the morning cry evangelist came around. Immediately, she came around. They say, oh, sister, oh, that's our evangelism leader. That unbeliever who was at the point of submission say, is this one among you? He said, yes. He said, please, I don't want Jesus again. I don't want him. If you were here, didn't you watch it? I don't want Jesus again. And she ran away. He said, ah, is it this kind of thing you want me to come into? You must die to self, my dear. You can't come there and then it's like sin. I could remember the story Bishop Ikako told me when we were in campus about this brother, very wealthy, at Onisha, 1986, when they repented in SU newly. And uh, they went out for evangelism. Then evangelism was radical. Now, if, if, will you say you are born again without uh, in, uh, in evangelism? No, it was abnormality for you not, not, not to evangelize. That they came out. And the brother was so wealthy. You know, in the 80s, somebody that was importing and exporting. He was so wealthy. And they came out. And they were preaching to somebody. You know, unbelievers, hey, trust them. And this one sent an arrow to this brother. You know, say, look at them. Frustrated people. If you people are not frustrated, why should you be walking around the main road with what I don't know? It's frustration. If you are wealthy and you eat well, you won't be doing this. Hey. Oh my God, this brother felt so bad. I said, eh? Frustration? If we have something doing, we'll be on the road. He said that the brother put down his Bible brought out his shoe and said, do you know how much this shoe costs? And the, the man was looking at him. He says, I bought it from Italy, this amount of money. And he said, this, this shirt I'm wearing with the trousers, do you know how much it costs? Ha, I bought it this amount of money. He says, that, that is by the time he finished the whole thing. In as much as the unbeliever must have been humbled, but still, you have lost it. You have lost it. You have lost it. So you must package your pride. You must package, you must die. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I am no longer living. The life I live now, I live it for he who died for me. I am not the one living again. It's no longer I that live it. Be Christ that liberty in me is no longer you living. So as you are going out into the highways and motor pass, the enemy will set them up because the devil does not want them to leave his camp. He wants them to be there. So they will come with those things. But if you must win them, even when they are talking, you will laugh because once you come to Christ, one adage says, He that is done needs fear no fall. If I sit down on this floor now, can I fall further than this floor? No. So once you come to Christ, it's like you have reached your bottom line. So you just live your life, no matter whatever people say. Forget about all your pedigrees. Just laugh and, and keep talking. And at times, maybe by the time you are finishing, somebody will just come and say, Hey, you know, okay, and just do, do, do something. The person will say, ah, ah, ah. Is it the person who came out to preach to me 
And from there, that person will say, Vikoga, preach to me. Lead me to Christ. Let people introduce you. Don't, you know, show everybody, do, do you know, do you know, know, know who in I, in I am? It doesn't, no, 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 that's not what we are talking about. If you must go out, be ready to receive any kind of insult. They are ready to talk to you anyhow. They are ready, some of them will even beat you up. Give you a dirty slap and say, who are you to talk to me? Because they are in darkness. They don't know what they are doing. Let it be at the back of your mind that these people are in darkness. Darkness is not the night we see. Maybe very soon it will be night. Mm -mm. It's you know, darkness of the heart. Separation from the life of God. They don't have it. And anybody with the, without the life of God in him or her can do anything until they come. That's why you must go. All the problems we go through in the eastern side is because people are still living in darkness. If they have come to Christ, they will know that it's not by this power they are using that they will gain anything. Everybody would have known that it's prayer that is the answer. Praise the Lord. The third approach is uh, holier than thou in, in attitude. You don't come with holier than thou attitude. Oh, identify with them. Let them know that you didn't just come into this world and became born again. No. Bible says in John 1, 12, it says, To them that believe, he gives them power to become. You become a child of God. You are not born a child of God. No matter who you are born into, you become. It's when you receive Jesus, you become. So before you receive Jesus, we are not living an angelic life. You may have even lived worse life than these people. So when you come identify with their situation, many of them sincerely, they were you know, struggling to come out. But they have not received the power to overcome the chain and bondage and siege of the evil one. Identify with them. Whenever I think of this, I remember Jesus' encounter with the woman in John chapter 4. If you read the whole story, you will see that the disciples, they went to buy food for them to eat. And Jesus was so tired, he sat near that well. And the woman came to fetch water. What touches me always is that Jesus being God, he knew this woman very well. He knew that this woman was a harlot. After all, in the, in the discussion, he revealed it to the woman. He knew. He knew all the evil the woman had committed. But still, you know, he engaged her in a discussion. And from that discussion, the woman gave her life to Christ. And you see, that woman became a gateway to the salvation of a whole nation of Samaria. So you don't come to people to preach to them and you behave as if you are lowered from heaven to come and do work and go back. Mm -mm. You have been in that their situation once. You have been there. So identify with them. Give them, share your own testimony. Jesus knew the woman very well. Even when they brought that woman they caught in adultery, they brought that woman before Jesus 
And Jesus told them, anyone, if you know you have not committed any sin, be the first to throw stone. And Bible tells us now from the elderly ones, they started living until when the, Jesus was left with that woman. And uh, Jesus looked at the woman. Jesus did not condone the sin of that woman. But at the same time, he did not condemn the woman. He did not. He did not. He looked at her and said, Woman, so nobody condemned you. He said yes. She said yes. He said, Go and sin no more. Identify with them. A sister told me one day she was driving from their village to Enugu with the son. Because the son somehow lived a very reckless eh, life. Call it smoking, he was there. Call it, um, you, know, you know, drinking, he was there. Call it any manner of sin you can think of unbelievers, he was there. And then later he became a Christian. And that as they were driving from their place, Ogu, along the highway, he saw a group of boys with all their fry hairs. Because at times, if you see them with this kind of fry hair, you'll be thrown off. you become so angry. Or the young girls, you see them in all these, you know, smallish, you know, in fact, their pants dress. You'll be wondering. So if you are not careful, you will just come to them as if you have become God. Mm-mm. No. If you don't have Christ, you will even behave worse than them. If you have not repented now, if you have not repented now, you will even be worse than them. Your own dress will even be bikini. And this young man just went down, went to those you know, young boys. They were smoking and uh, come and see. And the mother was saying, what are you going there to do? He said, Mama Biko, wait for me. And he, he went there. When he came, you know, the devil will always put a bold face in them. They now do their, their, you know, their face as if, what, what, what is he coming to do? Has he come to, you know, scatter us? And then the brother say, how are you? And he used their language because he was there before. He used their language. Hey, immediately all of them, they put down their, their cigarettes and started there looking at me. He said, my brothers, I was there before. And he told them, smoking, you people haven't even smoked, in you know, in in my own type. Is it drinking? I was, my own was the worst. So, you know, they were all looking at him. He said, so, there is nothing my father cannot do. The same God that did it for me, he will do it for you. He said that, this I say, I was surprised. All of them, they calmed down. And then they started there listening to him. And this is how all of them heard the word of God. You may say, are you sure they will stand? It's none of your business. Bible says in Matthew 13, if you read the story of the sower, the sower came out to sow, and he was just sowing, throwing seed in everywhere. In the midst of that throwing seed, Bible says some fell upon a fertile ground. Just keep saying, you know, especially on the highway, it's none of your business. Keep throwing the seed. Praise the Lord. And you can't really say, because those people, they may be a gateway to their families. They may be gateways to their town or to their... So the essence of it, remove holier than that attitude. Identify with them. Praise the Lord. Another one, because my time is up, is prayer. 
Bible said, Jesus said, you cannot go to a strong man's house without first of all binding the strong man. You must bind the spirits behind them. You must bind the devil who holds them in that captivity. And once you're able to deal with the devil, you pray also like in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, that their eyes of understanding may be enlightened, may be open, that they will receive knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is the key. With prayers, those words, those words you sent out can go a long way. Praise the Lord. And the last but not the least, and once the approaches I listed, many of them, the last but not the least is the Holy Spirit. Lean on the Holy Spirit. You don't know those people. You don't know what they're going through. It's only God who knows. And when you lean on him, as in Isaiah 30, 21, he says, you shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So as you are going, the Holy Spirit can direct you where to go, you know, who to minister to, how to minister to the person, because he knows the level or where the person is. He knows the condition of that person's heart. He knows the kind of word you will use, and then you will penetrate that particular person. He knows. So the Holy Spirit, there's nothing we can do without the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1-2, the Bible says that Jesus, all the instructions he gave to the disciples, he gave them by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself. So if, the, if Jesus did everything, gave instruction, taught, healed by the Holy Spirit, so who are you to go into the camp of the devil to deliver without relying on him so that the right words will come and grip the hearts of those people and then you see them rolling for God. When we go with all this, I know that God will help us. But if you are not able to imbibe all these approaches and attitude, you will see that instead of bringing glory, you know, you become a shame unto God. And in conclusion, I want us to know that if you are here, you have not come. There is no way you will go. It's only when you come and receive this grace of salvation, then you can go. Have you really received Jesus Christ into your life? Those people were invited, they gave excuses, they did not come. If you are worshipping here and you have not given your life to Christ since January, we have been releasing, you know, preaching one way or the other. If you have not received Jesus, there is no way. What can you preach? Can you give what you don't have? It is not possible. So, this morning as we conclude in this message of going to the highways and motor parks, I really want to urge you, stop all this procrastination. Every day you give reasons why you should not give your life to Christ. My brothers, my sisters, there is no time. One song, you know, you know, one song says, One day, now one day, a sinner man go die, he goes to hellfire. He no go fit, come back to repent again. One day, everybody will die. Because it is appointed unto man once to die. And the next one is a judgment. Hebrews 9.27 There is a judgment day. Are you still sitting on the chair? Every day you say, I'm still a young man. I say have time. You don't have time, my dear. Whether you're a young man or a young woman, a mother, parents, you don't have time. This is the acceptable time. 
this is time to accept Jesus. Don't move it further because you don't know when it will happen. And maybe you are here. You have been coming to church. You keep hearing go ye, go ye. And you think it is for some people. Stop those excuses. We saw people in the Bible that gave it. But when they surrender themselves, their willingness, God used them mightily. God is still ready to use you. So it behoves you now to think about your life. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Also examine yourself to see whether you have been going. Have you been going? Or do you come here as you sit down every day? You don't have anybody. Then I wonder and I doubt that salvation. This is time for us. If you have not been going, this is another clarion call. Please, this is an opportunity to go. But if you have not even come to him at all, this is an opportunity for you to come. As I sing this song, our daddy, Canon Dr. Honor, will pray for us. You want to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You may be following online. Or you may be here in this congregation. Could you raise your hand? I may not see you if you are online, but God sees you. And if you are here, we will be able to see you and follow you up more closely. Can you just say from your heart, Lord Jesus, I have heard your message. I do not want to put this off anymore. I bring myself to you. I welcome you, Jesus, into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. My confidence before God for forgiveness of sins is based on you alone. I put no confidence in my good works, if any. I put no confidence in the congregation I attend. I put my confidence in you alone. Receive me, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord Jesus. I am yours from today. If you did make that prayer, the Bible says, Him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. 
And I encourage you to register this your decision for Christ. If you are online, let us know about it. We will communicate with you. Merciful Father, thank you for the message that has gone forth clearly. Thank you that you have given us a divine mandate to go into the highways and beckon them. Lord Almighty, we ask that you will cause us as we go forth, when we travel in the company of others, that we will share your message with the love of Jesus, with the joy of Jesus, with the tactfulness of Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that you will enable us at no time to lose the opportunity or to procrastinate. Father, we receive courage, boldness, unction, and grace from you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your daughter that you have used to minister unto us. Fill her afresh, fill her anew. In her marketplace and in every place, cause that the aroma of Christ will go forth unmistakably through her in increasing pungency in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Whosoever will the promise is sure, whosoever will.